This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Welcome to another episode of AMI Audio Live's coverage of the 2020 Zero Project Conference. My name is Andy Frank. The Zero Project, an initiative of the Essel Foundation, focuses on the rights of persons with disabilities globally. It provides a platform where the most innovative and effective solutions to problems facing persons with disabilities are shared. Its sole objective is to assist in creating a world without barriers, or with zero barriers, based on the articles of the United Nations Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. Today we'll learn of three of the 75 practices that were recognized at the conference in the field of education. In a few minutes, you'll hear from Evgeny Bukharov, the CEO of the All-Russian Society of Disabled People. That is an NGO based in Moscow and 83 regions of Russia, which in 2015 started running seminars and training for people with disabilities, as well as representatives of nonprofit and commercial organizations, on the effective removal of barriers in the built environment. But first, a man who knows all about that work, Canada's own Rick Hansen of the Rick Hansen Foundation. In 2017, the NGO based in Richmond, British Columbia, launched a program called the Rick Hansen Foundation Accessibility Certification, which uses a comprehensive rating system to measure meaningful accessibility in the built environment. AMI audio host Joita Gupta caught up with Rick Hansen in March of 2020 on her show, The Pulse, for a wide-ranging interview about his many accomplishments. Here is an excerpt relating to accessibility and the Foundation's Accessibility Certification. What can you tell us about the origins of the Rick Hansen Foundation? What was its mission and vision? Well, it actually started when, as a Paralympian, I traveled the world and had represented my country, but had seen and shared stories with so many other colleagues from varying kinds of disabilities and perspectives that the world was very restrictive in terms of how people viewed people with disabilities, attitudes about uh, living with a disability, and of course the barriers that were out there were massive, uh, everything from policy to infrastructure to education to employment. And so I wanted to to try to put my athletic talents to bear and actually try to make a difference. And I decided to wheel around the world uh, to create awareness of the potential of people with disabilities and raise funds to not only help support accessibility, but also to be able to help find one day a cure for paralysis. And little did I know at the end of our journey, we would have had an impact of raising $26 million um, in a fund that would help uh, continue to move forward. We realized we needed to create a foundation that would continue those two big dreams uh, within the Man in Motion Tour and recognize that uh, a wheel around the world while well-intentioned and ultimately uh, made a difference uh, was just a baby step in what was a big, big mountain of the ultra marathon of social change. And so the foundation was set to to join the ranks and to try to actually continue uh, that momentum and make it, uh, you know, the best impact that it possibly could for years to come. In the 35 years that have gone by since, I'm sure you've had an opportunity to visit some, if not most of those countries again. Have you felt that the gap between the, let's call it the developed world and the developing world has 
become smaller or has it become wider in the last 30 or so years when it comes to accessibility and inclusion for people with disabilities? Yeah, I think if we actually put it in the context of, say, the topic of human rights, when I left on my tour, there were no human rights really in the United States. There were no human rights in China. Canada had just, as you said earlier, had just implemented one of the most progressive constitutional statements and in our charter uh, recognizing people with disabilities. And and so there was a huge void out there. And, and I think uh, in all these years since, we've seen a tremendous progress. Uh, most countries have adopted human rights for people with disabilities, including China. And uh, ultimately, they've also signed on on the UN Convention of Rights and Freedoms for People with Disabilities. And they're reporting back on measuring and, uh, you know, and, and showing metrics for how they're actually starting to respond and adjust. And I also believe that through that process and through hard work of champions, uh, you know, people with disabilities, uh, organizations that represent them, families and others, uh, there has been uh, a lot of penetration of uh, people with disabilities in showing that they can engage in all walks of life and I believe that the conduit then of communication technology is actually accelerating that sense of uh, opportunity and possibility. And, and the reality of it is actually now, not in the future. So I think that's really starting to make uh, us feel that we're making progress. But again, even though there are human rights in place, it still doesn't mean that systems are uh, in place, that legislation and policy and and regulations and then ultimate uh, adoption of these elements. Uh, but I think uh, it's a beginning and it's a powerful beginning for sure. Tell us very briefly about some of the initiatives you've been working on. I know there's a lot that you have in place to educate Canadians who are of school age and a wonderful certification program that uh, has made some important strides in removing physical barriers. So what is the foundation's work looking like in the near future? Well, you know, we have three main thrusts. One is we continue to create awareness because, you know, awareness is going to help make people realize that disability is a big deal and there's still lots of barriers out there. Number two is we want to make sure that the built environment, we can break through in that area, the places and spaces people live, work, learn and play. And that if the built environment is inclusive for all, then uh, great things can happen. And then number three is that the next generation of youth we believe that they need to be aware and they need to be armed with the tools to be able to spot barriers and then to be inspired to be champions of change. That was Rick Hansen of Richmond, British Columbia, in conversation with AMI-audio's own Joita Gupta. The Rick Hansen Foundation offers a training course for professionals in the built environment to promote the Rick Hansen Foundation accessibility certification and universal design principles in general. Since its launch, the program has trained over 200 professionals, including architects, urban planners, designers, and contractors. The Zero Project recognized the Foundation's work with an award at the 2020 conference in Vienna. Meanwhile, in 2015, the All-Russian Society of Disabled People, an NGO based in Moscow and 83 regions of Russia, also started running seminars and training for people with disabilities and representatives of nonprofit and commercial organizations on the effective removal of barriers in the built environment. At the 2020 Zero Project Conference in February, I spoke with the CEO of the All-Russian Society of Disabled People about their work and the award they received 
from Zero Project. Hello, Andy. I'm Evgeny Bukharov. I'm from Russia, and I present the biggest Russian society of disabled people. Uh, uh, it's called uh, All Russian uh, Society of Disabled People, which is based in uh, 83 regions of Russia, and we have 1.3 million people, our members, inside Russia. Five years ago, we started our project in uh, a system of voluntary certification, and uh, it happened after the Paralympic Games in Sochi. I was a Paralympic Games Integration Coordination Director and was uh, in charge of creation implementation of barrier-free environment program for Sochi. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, and uh, to be honest, uh, in 2010 I was in Canada and in 2009 I was in Canada in Vancouver and I have a very good relation with uh, the Paralympic Games director of uh, um, Vancouver 2010 and uh, of course we, uh, it was for us, it was a lesson there to see how you organize the um, accessible environment in Canada, something we take as a good practice, something we uh, not agree and uh, we <laughs> developed, uh, we go on our way. So how would you evaluate what happened in Sochi from that perspective? Were you satisfied? Uh, yeah, we try to do, uh, in our case, we try to do all on our, our obligations. And uh, we, in our case, it was um, maybe um, a bit simpler because uh, we start to build our buildings from the grassroots, from the scratch. And uh, so we, the organizing committee, from the beginning, we put uh, all accessibility requirements into the design project. And so uh, on the stage of uh, uh, construction work, we monitor what happened at the with the venues, and we uh, was very uh, strict to create all um, venues from the beginning accessible for people with disabilities. So tell me about the the, the social part of this particular program because I find okay. that very interesting. Uh, you mean our project? Yeah. No. Uh, uh, in our project we start, uh, we understand that um, uh, we have a big, uh, in Russia we have a big state program, Accessible Environment, which is uh, run by our government, by Ministry of Social Care. And uh, we understand when, after first years of it implementation, that uh, there is a lack of experienced people with disability who can uh, provide requirements from the perspective of people with disability how to do accessible environment. And so we understand that uh, the, our uh, Russian, all Russian society of disabled people can uh, create this project to educate people with disabilities as uh, experts on accessibility to support uh, the implementation of in the region, implementation of this big state program. And so we start uh, to create uh, workshops to educate people, and uh, we involve not people with disabilities, but people without disabilities during these uh, workshops. And uh, we uh, give them some uh, theoretical, theoretical knowledge about uh, accessibility, architectural accessibility, information, operational accessibility, and how to train staff to communicate with people with disabilities, give them the skills uh, to how to make the accessi accessibility assessment of facilities. And uh, during our seminars, we um, guide them to create expert centers in regions to uh, work with the business and uh, with uh, administrations. And uh, we uh, 
target our expert centers to uh, be included in this uh, state program on the regional level to support uh, authorities create accessible environment. Mm -hmm. And so we start to make this program and uh, during the five years we go from the grassroots to the national wide level and now we uh, uh, provided uh, uh, 30 seminars for people and more than 900 people go through them. 500 people were certified as experts on accessibility and uh, this, uh, among these 500 experts we have 250 people with disabilities oh, that wor work la ec la uh, as experts. And uh, they create uh, now, they f with our support, they create uh, 43 expert centers in regions, in uh, 34 regions of Russia. And uh, now it works like a social franchisee, uh, be because on the federal level, uh, we, like a leader of the project, we communicate with uh, large comp business companies like banks and uh, retailers who has regional benches and... Uh, we uh, sign with them agreement about that together we will create accessible environment and then the regional benches we give to our regional expert centers and they work with them to make accessibility assessment to ex make expertise of the documentation uh, for example and or to educate the staff how to communicate with people with disabilities and uh, so it's uh, now it works like this do you encounter a lot of resistance when you, uh, like across the country and various, is there still a lot of work to be done in that regard? Um, yeah, I, uh, to be honest, in 2008, 2010, uh, we, when we start the program and when we start uh, pre uh, preparation for the Paralympic Games, it was a big resistance because uh, you know that people say, at first when you... Uh, start sp speaking with them about accessibility they uh, ask you about how many people will come or um, people with disabilities never come to us and uh, we never see them in, in our building and they don't need our services but now uh, in Russia we have a very strict legislation and we have some um, fee if you don't uh, want to create accessible environment uh, so mm, or you avoid to do something in this uh, area you can be uh, suited to the course yeah, yeah yes yeah, and yeah. Uh, have some fee and pay some fee so uh, many uh, large, uh, large companies they don't want to um, be in this situation yeah. because it's um, some um, risk for their reputation so they want to um, invite or to make agreement with some large companies which uh, can make it on professional level and for example in this case uh, the umbrella of all Russian society of disabled people works very good uh, because everybody knows that we this is the biggest Russian organization that we um, work with uh, on the government level we uh, have um, communication we work in different uh, working groups on accessibility with uh, ministries and uh, different uh, authorities on the regional level they uh, know our organization so for them it's uh, and and when we 
create on the uh, on with this project we create very simple and um, uh, understandable product like uh, we do uh, this this and that so it uh, became very understandable for everybody and uh, in our case uh, when we say that we have uh, our representative in all the regions of Russia so for the large companies uh, it's understandable that in each region we can uh, they can find our experts and expert centers and we have a very good connection with the biggest Russian organization of people with disabilities. Excellent. All right, Zero Project, you were acknowledged for your work. Uh, how did that feel and how did, how, how, what's your experience been here at the conference? Um, uh, no, first of all, uh, of course, it's uh, for my point of view, it's uh, very good uh, for our project that we have uh, support on the international level and uh, our approach how to c educate people with disabilities how to uh, how to gather them and uh, give them knowledge and involved uh, in the work to create accessible environment it uh, has the recognition on the international level and uh, we uh, were awarded by the zero project as one of the best uh, practice in uh, education people with disabilities so for us it's uh, additional support in our communication with administration in russia in with the large business that this is a system which is uh, was uh, uh, recognized on the international level the first and uh, of course uh, we are very interested to share our experience with different countries with different uh, societies because um, uh, we saw that for example on we uh, on the uh, territory of former russia uh, soviet union republics uh, we have a very similar regulations we, we have a very similar approach to accessibility and to people with disabilities and so we uh, can share this information and we are ready to share this information with uh, other people, with other countries, with other, other societies of, for people with disabilities. And uh, of course we, uh, here I take some uh, interesting things from different projects, their approaches, uh, because in our all Russian society of disabled people, it's, uh, we have uh, many different projects uh, how to um, uh, educate people how to involve them in sports in culture in uh, education and how to uh, increase their skills uh, and the level of uh, education so for me it's uh, a very interesting experience to uh, take uh, many uh, innovative ideas from different countries and uh, implement them uh, in russia congratulations Thank you very much, Andy, and uh, I want uh, I wish you good luck Thank you. in your work. Very important work, and uh, I hope that I will communicate with you because uh, I know that your experience can be very useful in Russia. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. That was the CEO of the All Russian Society of Disabled People, Evgeny Bukharov, who spoke to me about their work and the award they received from Zero Project. We'll close our look at the Zero Project Conference 2020 with this story. The Catholic Health Association of India, also known as CHAI, is the largest nonprofit health provider in India after the Indian government. They partner with Grassroots Comics in a project that teaches children with various disabilities how to develop and produce hand-drawn comics on paper 
as a medium for self-expression and as a tool for self-advocacy. Senior Program Manager Vishal Gupta tells us more. Uh, we have seen that many of our disabled children could not get the opportunity to speak about their issues. Yeah, and uh, that is something lacking in our uh, programs, most of the programs. So we have tried to fill this gap, and we have tried to give them opportunity to speak something about their problems. And this was something happened with a very simple, innovative way through grassroots comics. Yeah. So grassroots comics. This is fascinating to me. How did uh, how did grassroots comics help the situation? Oh, uh, it's very simple. I have a I have a, a problem in my heart. I cannot able to speak it. Yeah. And what I did and what we did it here through the comics. We tried to explore this through making a story. Yeah. Like for example, my mother doesn't care about me. My brother doesn't likes me to play because I am disabled. So those emotions basically never come out from a child uh, mouth. So we have tried to bring it into the paper, and through that we have tried to make them a story. And it's called grassroots comics. Yeah, it's different than the mainstream comics. It's basically about uh, his own the child is able to speak their own issues on the comics. Yeah. And then what happens to the child? What happens to the comics after? Once the comic has been developed through a story, uh, the child try to express this and try to paste it into different locations wherever he wants to put it, like in the schools, in the banks, in the uh, post offices, in the transport system, talking about the various issues the child used to feel in in her in in or his or her environment. Yeah, and that's called a campaigning through the use of comics. Which then helps, presumably, other people to empathize a little more with what the child is experiencing. Yeah, it's it's very simple. When a child is speaking about his own issues and child is known into the community, it always invokes some sort of discussion, sensitization, awareness among the community, and it has brought many many change into the community about the perceptions of what they had before the comics, what not pasted, and once it has been pasted, and it it has brought lots of change among them. Yeah. So you and your organization, what is it that motivated you to even address this particular problem in the first place? It was the the children. We are the organization who work with children with a disability, who are the one of the the uh, the marginalized group among the disabled itself. And then we thought many of ways what should be the many ways to bring their voices together and they should be part of the rehabilitation program and then we realized this comic is one of the wonderful means to bring their voices from forefront this is for the children by the children and uh, demanding their own rights on inclusive education and finally how is this funded uh, now and going forward we have tried this program for a couple of years and when it has become very successful most of uh, we have a partners together who are doing this and we have integrated into this so it's become a sustainable model now we don't have to fund this program again so once it is, has been uh, used into the program it has gone success level it is now uh, integrated into the system and it is going as like a full fledged activity so whenever any partners want to do something on advocacy, he wants to bring the issue of the children, they use the comic as a means to do that. That was Senior Program Manager Vishal Gupta of Grassroots Comics in India. Since 2016, more than 1,000 grassroots comics have been created by children with disabilities each year. For more information on Zero Project, including details on all of the 2020 awardees, Go to zeroproject.org and select the tab of 2020 Conference.
Other related podcasts can be found at AMI Audio Live at your favorite podcast distributor. Just look for Zero Project 2020. My name is Andy Frank. Thank you for listening. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods. The Walrus is Canada's conversation, and you're invited to take part. Download AMI's Voices of the Walrus, where professional narrators read selected articles from the magazine. Available wherever you download your AMI podcasts. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Shaun of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.